0: That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Is hair a material? Our viscous a material. Our crystals a material.
1: Is plastic a material?
0: Is porridge a material? Can gases be a material? Our eggs a material? Is water a material?
1: What do you call everything that isn't a material? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to laugh at your not to... <laughs> And yet you continue to do so. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to Handmade, the making podcast with real talk about materials. I'm your host, material scientist Anna Pajajski, and this episode I'm talking to artist Steph Couturier about her craft of making with stained glass. I started by asking Steph how she got into stained glass.
2: So as far as I can remember, I've always been obsessed and fascinated with um, glass, We actually have a video of me where I'm dressed as a magician with a wand and like a glittery red hat. And my brother must have made like a science exposition about how glass is made. So it's really technical. And I think I was five or six I could read so maybe six years old and I asked to be filmed and to explain with my my wand to and explain how glass is made and I'm like really passionate about it and it's really funny um and I didn't grow up around makers and artists that much so it wasn't something that was really accessible to me I can so that's probably why I'm a late bloomer too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always remember when I I went on vacation and I traveled, I always went to this those like gift shops and would bring back uh, little pieces of blown glass or sand glass to bring home with me and some of them are really kitsch but like I really like them. Um uh, and it it was really fascinating the art for me was really fascinating and it was so much fascinating to me that it felt like it was something unaccessible to me. Like only real artists or real craftspeople made stained glass Mm -hmm. because I didn't know anybody who made it. So um, years went by and I did other stuff. And one day, thanks to Instagram, I saw a uh, lady who made little pieces of stained glass. And I said, wait a minute, I can do that in my home. And in her bio, it said that she was self-taught. So I was like, I can learn that by myself. (laughs) So I started to like really get obsessed with the the subject. I researched probably all the website there is, all the videos on YouTube there is. I took notes, uh, rewatched everything, uh, learned the terms, the materials, all of that. And I ordered all of it online. So when I gathered all the materials, I put up a little studio in a wardrobe where the little box is (laughs) and uh, I started to try to cut glass and it was a massive failure (laughs) needless to say (laughs) because glass doesn't cut like paper or craft paper or anything it kind of has its mind of its own so the way it is, you there's like a little wheel at the tip of the glass cutter. It's kind of like a, a small pizza cutter. <laughs> and what it does is it, it scratch, scratch the surface of the glass and then it breaks. So basically your job is to guide the the scoring line. And if you don't guide it as perfectly as you wish, it's gonna break in all directions. So that's what it, it did. So Um, massive failure at first and then I finally got the end of it and after a while um, I was not so bad at it so I'm still on the learning curve of course I've been doing that for uh, three years now but I mean I'm not a master yet so I don't have um, like a art degree or a graphic design degree because it seemed like every, everybody has graphic design degrees um, I'm just a nurse who was really unsatisfied with her nursing career and decided to do something better with my life and that all came at the same time so um, I just went and did it <laughs> so you're doing it full-time now
1: or are you still nursing
2: not yet not uh-huh. yet but But I'm uh, part-time, quite F&F now. So I'm really happy with that. That's so nice. So nice. (laughs) So can you take me through
1: some of your materials and processes then? You mentioned the process of cutting glass. But what do you do with it after that?
2: Yeah, so uh, the first step actually is to create your design, create Mm -hmm. your pattern. And you can't um, put any uh, drawings into uh, glass. You kind of had to tweak it a little bit because of curves and some... um, angles that are harder to do in stained glass so mm. first is to transfer your your design in your head and, and a, a pattern that will be doable in glass and then you choose your colors, your textures, that can be like a really long time because <laughs> you need to look, look at it uh, through the window and on the table and see if it matches see if it's to your liking and then you cut the glass after that you need to um grind every uh, edges of the glass pieces so it's not as sharp and you can't cut yourself with it anymore and sometimes if you're um if when you cut it you weren't as precise you can uh, tweak it with the grinding also so and um after that you need to put well that's the tiffany technique i'm explaining um you need to wrap all the pieces with uh, copper tape so the tape has one side that is glue and the other side is actual copper oh. that that way the solder will stick to the glass because glass won't um, solder won't stick to the glass if there's no agent on it so you oh, need really? copper yeah that's interesting and the one that you see in churches like in big installation mm. uh there's actual actual um lead stripes or mm. channels or we call them came and you put the glass in between those stripes and then you solder the joints mm-hmm. and you put some kind of potty on each side and then they're they're like sandwiched into other um, glass those are the bigger insta- ah, installations yeah but no metal will ever stick on a glass you need something else <laughs> okay interesting yeah so for my part, what I do is I do the Tiffany technique with the copper foil, and then um, after I solder everything together, and sometimes I will do uh, put um, came stripes of lead around my pieces mm-hmm. so it like more nicer finish. Yeah, yeah. And then you need to. Um, that's a longer time-consuming part as well mm. is to polish everything make sure it's clean and then you can apply chemicals that will change the color of the metal so you can have, have them black or copper ah, okay. that's the finishing product process yeah. yeah so how long does it take you to make a piece from start to finish no i i it's hard to say because it depends on how many pieces there yeah. is but i would say like nothing can be done under an hour. Oh yeah. <laughs> so like so like the smallest one will probably take me and I I always underestimate the mm. time. <laughs> but the the finishing process is really long because you're always cleaning and nobody wants a dirty glass so you need to clean and clean and clean again (laughs) yeah yeah and of course I've had lots of
1: other guests on the podcast talking about glass um and one of the common themes that often comes up is to do with the interplay between glass and light and light's obviously very important to the material um and so I can imagine if there are fingerprints on it then that becomes really obvious
2: (laughs) Yeah, it, it, it's it's something you can remove, but it yeah. also scratches. It's really annoying when you you finish a, a piece and then you're like, oh my god, there's just tiny, tiny <sighs> scratches. But most clients don't even mind as long yeah. as you don't, you can't see it. But like you're a perfectionist, always. so <laughs> we notice it. <laughs> yeah. So can you describe to me and the
1: listeners what some of your designs are? You know, what are your influences? What are you trying to create?
2: Um, yes well I'm I'm trying to create stuff that I will put in my house that I like Mm -hmm. (laughs) that I like to look at Um, I'm drawn to abstracts and geometrical shapes mostly Mm -hmm. Um, my studio is in the forest in the mountains and I have like a 360 view of the of nature around oh, me, so like I have the sun setting and the sunsets on the other side. So mm. I know that a lot of my designs are inspired by sun sunrise and sunsets and the shapes around them and the colors and depending on the seasons, also there will be different colors and all of that. I can see that in my my creations. So. Mm. Also, there's like feelings and concept that sometimes I have in my mind and that mm-hmm. I want to put into patterns, and then it will create some kind of new shape and new um, new object, if you will.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, listeners won't be able to see this, but I can see behind you your windows, through your windows, all I can see yeah. is trees and nature.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm really, really lucky. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's beautiful. Um, yeah. So I'm interested in how you are able to – I suppose, convey the concepts of um, of nature and of sunsets. You know, you describe the colors and some of the shapes, but how do you actually go about taking those influences and translating them into stained glass, which, as you've alluded to, can be quite abstract?
2: Yeah, well, um, I think it started with just putting the glass together and looking at the shapes and the mm. textures. And when you look at, you put it, like through the window and you see the different reflects that it does. So to me, it's quite natural to just incorporate them into um, stained glass pieces. But I know that for some people it can be more abstract, but um, there's a lot of details in nature. And sometimes what I like to do is just to sit there and imagine if I would just trace around the the details what shape it would it would give me Mm, so mm. that's an exercise that i try to do and then after that i let the light and the glass do the rest of the work and um, bring those details to the person to Mm. the the viewer Mm -hmm.
3: if you're looking for plump lips that last you need to know about juvederm lip fillers You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
1: So you mentioned light there, um, and I mentioned it as well earlier. How do you use light in your pieces?
2: Well, um, I rarely use opaque. I I hope it's the right word, opaque. uh, that you can't see through yes um i rarely use them i like them a lot sometimes i will use both but i prefer uh the transparent one mm-hmm. so it will change depending on the the time of day uh if you decide to put it in like your eastern window your mm-hmm. south window it will change uh if it really changes with the weather also yeah <laughs> um, so I, it can be it can look different from a day to another, from the morning to um, the evening. So I, I have like a light board that I use sometimes, mm. but not that much. I try to use um, to, to choose the right colors with the natural out, oh, light okay. outside. More. So yeah. So are your designs designed to be
1: kind of hung in front of a window, at home.
2: Ye- Yes, yeah. but you can also put them in front of a, a wall as okay, well. sure. And sometimes the just the light coming from an angle, mm. you'll see the reflection even if it's against the wall.
1: Mm, oh, okay, amazing, yeah. amazing. Um, it would be <laughs> cool to hear, is there sort of one piece that you've made that you think really kind of reflects, I suppose, your favorite piece that you've made? You know, what, what do you reflect, like, the very best of what you've done?
2: Um... Well, there is a a piece that I only made one time and it was a a really big piece that was um, meant to ship five hours from my home. And I didn't meet the the person it was going to. It was just like a gift and I had this kind of description. Mm -hmm. And it was a person who was moving from the Maritimes and going back into the city. And the person who were gifting the piece wanted to immortalize our sunset at at our beaches Mm -hmm. so um I did this three feet by three feet piece with uh floating pieces of glass um that were a lot of uh, abstract shapes Mm -hmm. and uh, arches and arches are hard to make because there is all yeah yeah and It can break very easily when you cut glass like that. And I wasn't a lot experienced when I did this piece. So for me, it was like a big accomplishment. And um, yeah, it was floating pieces with uh, circles, half circles and arch. And I did join some of them with uh, rings. Mm. So it like did a full... uh, full circle and yeah it's really warm colors like reds yellow orange Mm. color and I had to pack that and ship that and was quite quite a big deal so (laughs) and I only did it once so that to that that um that big so yeah yeah, that's one of my favorite but I I did recreate some of the the Mm -hmm. um patterns of that that big piece
1: yeah yeah so that piece sounds amazing um (laughs) I'm interested in what you said um right at the start you you're essentially self-taught and you learned a lot of what you um do through experimentation of yourself but also from learning through um others that you saw on YouTube and and the internet is there a stained glass community out there on the internet
2: oh yeah there is there's a big stained glass community on Instagram Mm -hmm. that's what I follow the most there is also some on uh Facebook where they share more like um precise tips and mm. techniques um and yes it's a beautiful community uh very sharing very generous of their time and uh everybody is trying to um give stained glass a second chance if you will because popularity of stained has been up and down throughout the years okay <laughs> because of its association with churches mm. money um uh, prestige so interesting <laughs> it's been popular and then really unpopular yeah. and um some of them look it as like an old boring art so mm. there's a lot of people out there trying to bring it back and give it like a, their own touch mm,
1: mm. Yeah. What, what do you think your own touch is with stained glass
2: um my own touch I would say is really the floating actually the floating pieces Mm. because I incorporate a lot of raw uh, edges in my pieces and that's not something that you see really frequently Mm -hmm. and I don't think that the masters would really approve of my (laughs) techniques that much but it works it it would not always work you need to think about it but yeah so the raw pieces it, it holds up together if mm. you're you know how to do it and it gives them more um, even more like uh abstract feeling to mm. my piece
1: mm.
2: yeah, yeah so when I mean raw it's like pieces that are not um don't have um solder around okay so you still kind yeah. of
1: grind them so that they're not going to be sharp but
2: yes yes and I have uh perfected different techniques that it's mm. even smoother <laughs> oh nice what sort of stuff yeah What do you do? Uh, I grind it into different uh, techniques that Ah, I probably won't really mention. Fair enough.
3: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Trade secrets. I don't want to give anything away. Yeah, kind of. That's fair enough. (laughs) Um, So you've come to making then through... Well, you mentioned through kind of frustration of your day job, um, and yeah. you were sort of looking for something um to inspire you, I suppose, apart from yeah. what you were doing for your day job. Um what does making mean for you now?
2: Uh everything. It's come it always I've been making since I was a young girl, but yeah. not making Senga per se, but I always did did something with my hand. And I think that's why I was so frustrated with nursing because I, I wasn't doing anything. And I was serving, but it didn't seem at the end of the day that I was serving anybody. I was just there and it could have been anybody else, mm-hmm. and it, the, the same um, it would still be the same at the end of the day. So with what I'm doing now, I feel that it really comes from deep down in me and it's out there in the world. And in some strange way, it feels like I help more people now. I touch more people now with my heart than when I did nursing and spent all my time at the hospital. So for me, it has um, huge meaning into why we are here what's our purpose and I feel like at the end of my life I'm gonna be a lot more proud of what I did (laughs) than if I was just being a nurse full-time that's so
1: interesting to me because I'm sure most listeners would be listening to this and thinking like your previous career it was would have touched and made a difference to so many people
2: <laughs> yeah and it, it's really an unpopular opinion because we're viewed as heroes and we're yeah. supposed to be like those heroes that don't complain but mm-hmm. I'm I'm sure if there is nurses listen to me they they will agree with me but they will never dare to say <laughs> mm,
1: interesting yeah 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 so my penultimate question for you is all to do with kind of the future of your practice what's next for you you mentioned earlier that you um, have invented these kind of new techniques and you're kind of pushing the boundaries in certain areas what are the unanswered questions for you in stained glass and what would you like to achieve
2: uh well there are still some techniques like glass fusing that i haven't touched yet so Mm -hmm. um are still known techniques out there that I would like to to learn and to um, to perfect, I guess, at some point. And I would really like to do one day like installations of, of stained glass pieces, like mm-hmm. huge, huge, huge installations of um, floating pieces and sculptures of glass. And I'd really like to n- not only uh, keep being in um, uh, people's windows, but to be in like places and um museums or coffee shop but in like a really huge statement place
1: <laughs> oh amazing yeah.
2: well I really hope you yeah. get
1: there I'm sure you will <laughs> yeah hope too <laughs> so if listeners have kind of felt inspired by your story in terms of you know you're someone that was just able to pick up this craft um at home from scratch where would you recommend that they go to kind of try these techniques out for themselves or where, where would you recommend that they go and learn
2: I would really recommend that you find a a class. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's a lot less frustrating and you really will get some awesome tips from people who know what they're doing. So Mm -hmm. um, just uh, Google Glass near you (laughs) and look if you can find some classes. If it's not available to you like it was for me, it is pretty doable um, in in your home, Mm -hmm. uh, like a trial and error. Process and yeah. you're, you'll get there. <laughs> um, one thing I I would say you asked about community earlier about mm. the stained glass community, and um, I think it happens with ev- every craft and every art that's so um, available on the internet. And it's to um, do your own designs, mm. do your own patterns, do your own drawings, and don't copy what other people are doing. It's so easy, I know, and we're all tempted to to do it, but I've I've received so much from trying to do my own stuff and putting my own self into my creations and so many great feedback. And I think I've learned even more than I thought I could learn from doing it myself. So if you want to start stained glass, do your own patterns as well. And go from there. Put and, your own self into the the medium and let it envelope you. <laughs> <laughs> Inspiring
1: words. And but it sounds like you know that approach has been what you found so valuable out of it. You know, self expression.
2: Yeah. Well, I was so scared to do something that would would resemble. Uh, somebody else work and that Uh somebody would see my 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 work and call me out I was so (laughs) scared then I then created out of fear but I was really cautious to like not look too much at at Instagram and other people and just like try to stay focused in my own style
1: amazing so speaking of Instagram um, if listeners have enjoyed hearing from you and want to check out um, the stuff that you're up to and what you do where are you online where can people go to see your work
2: Yes, they can go on Instagram at lavieinversglace. That's my uh, IG handle. And my website is (laughs) www.lavieinversglace.com.
1: Amazing. Well, thank you so much for chatting to me today. Um, We've had various glass artists on the podcast, but never someone that works in stained glass. So it's really nice to get that extra angle from you. Um, And yeah, I wish you. you all the best in your artistic endeavors.
2: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
1: So that was the wonderful Steph Couturier talking all things stained glass. Thanks so much to her for coming on the podcast. A reminder that my book, Handmade, A Scientist's Search for Meaning Through Making, is out now. You can buy it in bookshops, you can order it in hardback online, and you can also get hold of Kindle copies and audiobook versions online as well. Let me know what you think of the book or just say hi to me on social media. I'm at Anna Posharski on Instagram and Twitter. And that's everything for this podcast episode. As always, it'll be awesome if you would like to like and subscribe to us on all the usual podcasting apps. You can say hi to us on social media. We're on Twitter at Real Talk and on Instagram at Handmade Pod. If you want to support the podcast with a one-time financial donation, you can do so at supporter.acast.com forward slash handmade. Thanks so much to everyone who's already done so. It really does help to keep the podcast going. Massive thanks as always to Alex Lathbridge for our wonderful music mix. And next time, I'll be talking to podcaster and SciCommerce Sarah Cosgriff about how crafting completely changed her lockdown experience. So until then, take very good care, and I'll speak to you next time on Handmade.
0: Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall.